We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Up, Thunder fans. Welcome to the uncontested postgame podcast, The Thunder Get a Win. We don't get to do a lot of these these days. The Thunder beat the Los Angeles Lakers 119-103. Thanks for following along tonight on our Twitter account at the underscore uncontested. Justin here. I, I tweeted with you tonight as we witnessed history. I'll get to that in a second, uh, but you probably know what I'm going to talk about. First, Let's talk about the game as a whole. Like I said, a much-needed win for OKC. They've struggled. I feel like we, as a fan base, we needed this. We needed this for therapeutic reasons. Uh, The team needed this for for playoff reasons. And the reason they needed this is because they haven't taken care of business lately. They lost to the Mavericks on Sunday, a Mavericks team uh, that sat Luka Doncic, that obviously doesn't have J.J. Barea, and that was 3 of 17 in their previous 20 games, and the Thunder lost. And that follows a trend that we've seen from them. Uh, Similarly, last Monday, they lost to a Grizzlies team that had mostly G League players and was an easy game that the Thunder should have won and could have used to propel their playoff positioning. But instead, they didn't do that. So tonight, when the Lakers came to town, the Thunder were 12.5-point favorites, but I don't think there's a single Thunder fan out there that felt confident that OKC would win this game by 12.5 or more points. The Lakers came in uh, without LeBron. They've shut him down. And they came in without Kyle Kuzma, who's out with an injury. So by all means, you know, any normal team should have felt confident coming into tonight. But this is no normal team. Uh, There's not any opponent against which Thunder fans can feel 100% confident. But the good news is the Thunder took care of business, and they did so 
mostly behind two strong quarters. Uh, they looked really good in the first quarter and really good in the third quarter. The other two, not so much. Let's talk about the first quarter a little bit. Uh, the Thunder came out hot. Thunder came out really hot and looked like they were going to blow this team out of the water, which, as we know, the Thunder don't do very often. They were exciting. They were really pushing the pace. It seemed obvious that their sole intent coming out tonight was to to force turnovers and to run in transition. We've talked about it 150,000 times on this podcast. This team excels when they're running in transition. When you don't have good shooters, you need to overcome that. And the way you overcome that is by getting in transition so you can get easy buckets. And the Thunder did that uh, in abundance in the first quarter. They had more alley-oops and dunks and layups than we've seen from this team in a long time. And when you can't shoot from distance very well, that's exactly what you want to see. You want to see the Thunder attack the paint. And when the Lakers are starting, you know, JaVale McGee and with with his uh, his Jedi Padawan rat tail and Mo Wagner, who looks like a homeschool kid that eats chapstick, like there was no reason the Thunder shouldn't be attacking the rim like that. Steven Adams was feasting early. He had 10 points in the first quarter. But probably more impressive than that, Russell Westbrook had 11 assists in the first quarter. A lot of teams' point cards don't get 11 assists in a game, so to pull that out in the first quarter, super impressive. More on him later. The second quarter, though, uh, the Lakers actually outscored the Thunder 27-25. Things got a little tighter. Uh, It's typical. It's not unexpected. It's what we've seen over and over and over from this team. And really, kind of what I think it came down to, a lot of it anyway, is the Lakers started kind of packing the paint, which left the Thunder wide open from three-point range. And so they took a lot of three-pointers. And for for most teams, getting a lot of wide-open three-pointers is not a problem. Uh, This team is not most teams. And you know, open three-pointers are not always the best thing for this team. At halftime, the Thunder led by four, but they were only shooting 24% from three. Six of 25. Uh, That's real bad. So the Lakers were letting them shoot threes. They were encouraging it, and the Thunder were willfully taking the bait and just not converting. Compare that to the Lakers, who were shooting nine of 20, which is good for 45%. Uh, it It was an abysmal showing from OKC shooting, and honestly, not uncharacteristic for what we've seen from this team as of late. I think it's something the Thunder are going to have to figure out as they go into the playoffs. Uh, I think teams are going to continue to bait them into three-pointers because they know they are one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. Yes, they had a hot stretch uh, in January where they looked really good shooting the ball, but those days are long gone and they've not looked the same since. The Thunder are going to have to be disciplined to not fall into the trap of shooting so many threes as they move forward, or else uh, they're going to see similar results. They ended up shooting tonight uh, for the entire game 29.5%, 13 of 44. I mean, that's just, that's awful. Compare that to, for the the total game, the Lakers shot 41%, 16 of 39. The Lakers are not a good three-point shooting team. Uh, They are worse than the Thunder. They are the second worst team Uh, shooting the three ball in the NBA this season. And they average typically 33% 
from behind the arc. Tonight they got 41. That's the other flip side of the problem for OKC. Not only can they not shoot the three ball, uh, they can't seem to defend it either. It's a bit of a concerning trend for the Thunder in recent games where they're just getting obliterated by other teams behind the arc. And it's an issue that kind of compounds itself. Uh, Nick, our own Nick, at Crane NBA, he had a nice stat uh, talking about over the last six games, here's how the Thunder's three-point shooting percentage show, uh, I can't talk, three-point shooting percentage in comparison to their opponent. There it is. Uh, Thunder, 25.6 versus 36.4. Thunder, 29 versus 42. Thunder, 36 versus 41. 33 versus 33. 46 versus 52. 30 versus 38. Uh, That's not good. It's not good. Uh, And especially when you start to look at the teams that the Thunder could potentially face in the first round. Uh, you know, seven, eight seeds most likely. So your your first round matchups against the Warriors. Uh, spoiler alert, I don't know if you guys know this. The Warriors are pretty good at shooting threes. Uh, feels like an issue that the Thunder would have to face. Uh, the Nuggets, they're not bad. They're kind of middle of the road in terms of, you know, season percentage. But as we saw just last week, they lit them up. And the Thunder actually played decent defense in that Denver game. And, and the Nuggets just made tough shots. But I think it just shows that Either one of those teams is going to present a matchup problem as the Thunder moves towards the playoffs. Uh, the second second half of this game, third quarter, Thunder came out hot again, and it looked like, okay, they they rebounded. They let them get a little close at the end of the first half, but they're, they're going to put them away. Uh, Russell headed to the bench early. It looked like, all right, he might get to rest the whole fourth quarter. The Thunder outscored the Lakers by 12, 35-23 in that third quarter. Everything looked great. And then the fourth quarter, uh, the Lakers started out on a big run. It was, I don't have the number in front of me, so I'm just going to make them up. Something like 16 to 7, don't quote me on that. And Billy called a timeout and was forced to put Russell Westbrook back in. It was a night where he could have gotten rest, probably should have gotten rest, and didn't get rest. And it was as a result of mostly the second unit. It was like the second unit plus Paul. And they they couldn't put the Lakers away. They're letting homeschool-looking Alex Caruso dunk on him, which is embarrassing, abysmal, uh, unacceptable, really. And it's something that we've seen with the Thunder over and over again is just a complete inability to put teams away. If you want to get mad about something tonight, that's what you can get mad about. Uh, I'm trying to see the positives because, like I said, it's a rare win, and the Thunder need wins. And I need a win, personally. I need them to get a win, and I need to feel happy about this Thunder team. So I'm trying to find more positives. But if you want to get mad about something, it's the fact that they couldn't put this team away. They couldn't run away with it. They let them back in. It was close down the stretch. And the starters had to come back in. Doesn't really steal this thing. The Thunder end up winning by 16. Uh, but it, it took some efforting, you know? It took some work from the starting unit to come in and close this thing out. And as much as we celebrated the bench depth early in the year and what they brought to this team through, you know, situations like Alex Abrinas or the Andre Robertson injury dragging on longer than we expected or Tupat uh, not knowing how to play basketball anymore or Markeith Morris being a complete bust after we traded for him, any of those things kind of coming together have culminated in the fact that the Thunder's bench depth I don't think is a strength anymore. Another another big reason for that is Dennis Schroeder. He's been uh, decidedly average, 
if not below average, for quite a while now. He did okay tonight. He had he had 15 points, uh, four rebounds, only one assist, five of 12 shooting, one of six from three. Not not what you want to see out of Dennis, especially given the high points that we've seen from him this season. I think there's lots of times where we've been encouraged by his play. Talked about him first six man the six man of the year for a hot minute, which feels crazy now. But I think post post All Star break, he as much as anybody else has been very underwhelming, uh, and it's disappointing. Hopefully he can hit another gear as we head to the playoffs. I think we hope that for most of these guys. But the reality is we might just have to face the fact that he's not as good as we thought he was, and that's okay. He doesn't have to be, uh, you know, starter caliber. The problem is Billy plays him like a starter. He played 29 minutes tonight, and that's what concerns me about him heading to the playoffs. This last stretch of games, as we've looked at the rotations, Billy is playing Ferguson less and Schroeder more, and he kind of flip-flopped with this throughout the season. There was times where he played Ferguson to close games. There's times where he's played Schroeder, but it seems like coming down the stretch of the season, he's definitely favoring Schroeder. I don't know that I like it. Uh, I think Ferguson brings a lot to this team. I think Ferguson's defense, especially you watch that Mavericks game over again. Schroeder was getting cooked. He could not stay in front of Brunson and Brunson just destroyed him. And I think that's the story. Most of the times for Dennis Schroeder on defense, he can't stay in front of the guys. And so on a night like tonight, five of 12 shooting one of six from three, there's, there's no reason to keep him in the game and one assist. Like there's really no reason to have him in the game over Terrence Ferguson. Terrence Ferguson in seven less minutes tonight had the same number of points off three less shots and was three of seven from three. I think that, Ferguson deserves more burn. I think in the playoffs, I would like to see him close games more often, especially knowing just kind of the defensive nature of the playoffs. I think that if Schroeder is going to continue to be inconsistent on the offensive end, I would love to see Terrence close those games, get more minutes. I think he should be your guy and we should ride with him. I do want to hit on uh, Steven Adams. I mentioned 10 first, 10 first quarter points. I half-jokingly tweeted, Steven's going to have a huge night if his teammates can remember that he's on the floor. And spoiler alert, he ended with 13 points. So over the next three quarters, he proceeded to get three points. Uh, Not great. It's still an issue. It's been an issue the whole season. I don't want to harp on it too much because it doesn't seem like anything's changing. But it would be incredible if the Thunder could consistently uh, find and feed Steven Adams and let him work. Some of that Give a little credit to the Lakers. They were packing the paint. They were trying to make things hard on the inside, which led to more kickouts for uh, perimeter shots. So it's not all just like forgetting about Steven. They were still running a little bit of offense through him, but it's still, I think it could be more. I think he's underutilized, and I think that leads to him being somewhat undervalued by the fan base, by other teams, whatever it is. Paul George had a pretty, pretty good night. Excuse me. 19 points, 8 of 17 shooting, 3 of 8 from 3, 6 boards, 5 assists, 5 steals, which is delightful. He was really kind of setting the tone on the defensive end. He's done that more often than not this season. Whether or not the shooting's going for him, he's usually locked in on the defensive end. I think what's, what's frustrating is it's just clear that he's not right physically. He sat on the bench at one point late in the game and was grabbing his elbow, uh, kind of squeezing his fist. I don't know, you know. Grabbing the elbow immediately makes me nervous just based off all the issues he had last season. I don't think it's anything like that. 
but it's clear that he's not right. There's been issues with the shoulder. He's usually sitting there with a heating pad on. Uh, He's been seen with tape on his ankle. Like, I don't know that there's any part of Paul George that isn't injured right now. And as this team heads to the playoffs, I think you would hope they get that sorted out. Unfortunately for the Thunder, they've crapped the bed so often down the stretch that we can't afford to sit him out. I think at some point in these last few games, if it becomes obvious that the Thunder are locked into the eight seed and they're not going anywhere, if the Spurs solidify that lead on them, then you shut down Paul George. You give him a few games to try and get healthy before the playoffs come. I'm not confident that's going to happen. I think it's going to kind of come down to the wire with the Thunder and the Spurs and the 7-8 seed. And I'd really like the Thunder to do whatever they can to draw Denver in the first round because uh, watching the Warriors destroy you in the playoffs is just not high on my list of priorities right now. Jeremy Grant, huge game. Jeremy Grant's been awesome, like super awesome. Uh, We tweeted out a Game of Thrones poster for him today, so if you haven't seen that, highly recommend you check that out. Uh, Jeremy of House Grant, Uh, the most ferocious dunker in Westeros and Essos and a bunch of other nerd stuff that Jacob wrote. Shout out, Thunder Mob. Uh, He's been great. He was probably the only player that was great in the Dallas game. Everybody else was decidedly mediocre. He was great, and tonight he was great again. Uh, 22 points, 8 of 15 shooting, only 4 of 10 from 3, 2 of 3 from the line, 5 boards, 1 assist, 1 steal, plus 28 in the box score. Uh, That is a game high in case you're keeping track at home. I think Grant is such a valuable asset for this team. You think about where he was at the beginning of the year, or even as we headed into the playoffs last year, he was starting to show flashes. But remember, he was still, you know, kind of in that controversial stage of like, ooh, do we close with him or do we close with Mello? I think the departure of Mello has really allowed Jeremy Grant to shine, and we've seen the peak of that shine this season, and it's been delightful. The bench, overall, not great. We already touched on Schroeder. Uh, Noel, seven points in 15 minutes, uh, three rebounds, one block. I'd like to see a little more from Noel, particularly on defense. He got lost a few times, wasn't defending well. uh, And really, when the bench was in, the Lakers just kind of had free run to the basket, and a lot of that starts with Nerland's. Morris played uh, very much like Morris has played since the Thunder traded for him. Four points on two of four shooting in 11 minutes. Just uh, very average, very underwhelming considering what we thought we were getting when we we signed Markeith Morris. Um, I don't know how much of this is the neck injury or not playing since Christmas or whatever it is, but I I don't feel confident that he's that much better than Patrick Patterson. And especially if he can't score and he can't defend. You know, we know Patterson's not a great defender, but he can sometimes score. And so that feels like a slight advantage over Markeith Morris. But I think that ship has sailed, at least for this season. Nader, pretty unexciting. Uh, Six minutes, two points. Felton, 13 minutes, two points. And overall, it was, like I mentioned, uh, the second unit came in and just couldn't hold the lead. And this bench is going to have to get it figured out come playoff time. I mean, Billy's been playing Felton basically because everybody else is incapable of doing anything off the bench, and he's just looking for some spark. Now, arguably, some of that spark could come from a guy like Diallo or Burton. I know 
particular people that feel very strongly about that, uh, about what Burton could provide off the bench. But I think Billy has made it clear that heading into the playoffs, uh, Burton and Diallo probably not in the rotation. Uh, what's fascinating to me is Felton got 13 minutes tonight. And Nader only got six. Uh, if you know anything about the Thunder in recent years, they love old uh, washed point guards come playoff time. Um, Derek Fisher comes to mind. And Felton Felton might be our new D-Fish. Um, I hope not. I, I still think Nader has potential to bring a spark offensively. He's still a complete nightmare on defense, but I'm not sure what Felton brings other than like an occasional shot that goes in or I don't know. Billy sees something. He he does. I'll give him his credit. He he had a nice spark in the Dallas game and he has that potential, but I just don't, I don't see it. I'd rather see Burton. All right. I've been putting it off, uh, kind of saving the best for last. Let's talk about Russell Westbrook. I want to have a little therapy session, Thunder fans, because uh, after the Dallas game, things were nasty. Uh, things were things were not good on Thunder Twitter. The Thunderverse was reeling following the Mavericks' loss. Uh, complete doom and despair and destruction. And you would have thought the world was ending. And I get it. Like, the Mavericks game was terrible. And the worst loss of the season. And a game the Thunder should absolutely not lose. But... Thunder Twitter was going like completely scorched earth. Like it was just a little excessive to me. And it wasn't just Thunder Twitter. I mean, it was like, it was the, it was the media in Oklahoma. There was nonsense on, on sports, uh, on KOCO. There was nonsense on the sports animal. There's always nonsense on the sports animal. Please don't listen to the sports animal. Um, but there was just complete, uh, there's hot takes, hot takes for everybody. And a lot of the hot takes revolved around Russell Westbrook. I've not seen so many uh, trade Russell Westbrook tweets since Kevin Durant was in a Thunder uniform. I've never seen people turn on Russell so much than after that game. And I like, I get it. I know, I know where we're coming from. We were in an emotional place. Uh, he played bad. He particularly took one of the most head-scratching, stupid three-pointers late in that game that really kind of put OKC out of it. So how fitting is it that tonight he comes out and has literally a historic performance to just turn it all on its head? Russell Westbrook goes out and scores 20 points, puts up 20 rebounds, and has 21 assists for the first 2020-20 game in NBA history since Wilt Chamberlain did it in 1968 and he's the only other person to do it after the game he had a cool moment where he shouted out uh nipsey hustle said this was for nip uh, just awesome like you you know uh russell westbrook and him were close he's deeply saddened by that loss so to have him go out and put on that performance and dedicate it to him was super cool uh not a dry eye in the house now i want to say this like we need to appreciate what happened in this game tonight because Russell made history. And I think sometimes he makes history so much that we take it for granted. There's, I've seen people say, Oh, he just stayed in the game to stat pad. But like, yeah, I would too. I would have, I would have never come out 
if I knew I was getting close to that, I would have never sat on the bench. I would have absolutely refused the entire game. He, he, he did it in 37 minutes, which isn't the highest uh, minute count in the game. Paul George played 38. KCP paid, played 40 for the Lakers. And here's the best part. When Wilt Chamberlain did it in 1968, he played all 48 minutes. So you can miss me with the, uh, the stat-padding argument because let's be real. Will Chamberlain was stat padding. Like, that's what was happening there. Uh, but that's not what people remember. This goes down in history uh, as one of those stats, just like his triple-double season, well, seasons, we're, he- we're heading towards our third one now, of just insane stats that will never be broken. Like, they're the untouchable-level stats that we don't see. These are, this is an era of basketball and an era of play from Russell Westbrook. It's going to be remembered as long as people play basketball. And I think we just sometimes overlook that and kind of the weight of that. I think we need to step back and appreciate it because what we're seeing from Russell Westbrook is special. And if you can't appreciate that because of your feelings about his shots, uh, I saw people criticizing him for shooting eight of 23 and two of nine from three. Like if you can't appreciate a 2020-20 game and that's your argument back, maybe basketball is not for you, man. Like, maybe you need to be an accountant if you're that concerned with numbers. Like, just enjoy the beauty of it. Like, what he put out tonight was beautiful, and it was fun, and it was awesome and memorable and historic. And I just feel like there's a lot of people that are taking it for granted. And I think that, especially as a Thunder fan, like, this man's on your team. This man's in your city. He chose your city. He committed to your city long term, and he is one of the best basketball players of all time and history will remember him as such history is not going to remember that his 2020 20 game came against a, a 35 and 43 Lakers team that didn't have LeBron or Kyle Kuzma or Lonzo ball or whoever they're going to remember that he had a 2020 20 game. And that's, I think that's what maybe gets missed in kind of the, the weight of what's happened in the thunder season. They've been slumping. Russell can't shoot the ball this season. He takes bad shot selection, uh, Thunder can't play defense. Their their bench sucks. Paul George is hurt. Uh, Russell Westbrook won't talk to the media. He won't answer Barry Trammell's questions. Like all that stuff, it's not going to be remembered. That doesn't go in the history books. What Russell Westbrook did tonight goes in the history books, and we need to remember that. Now that said, I, I, I'm off my soapbox now. Uh, <laughs> I got a little passionate there. Felt felt like a like a Southern Baptist preacher for a hot minute. Um, I'm a huge Russ fan, if you didn't pick that up over the last few minutes. Um, I think Taylor said this on his pod, and it's like, it's me to a T. Like, Russ was the first jersey that I bought back, even when KD was here. Like, Russ was a rookie. I was all in on the Russ train. Like, he's just, he's the man. And I think, is he perfect? Absolutely not. He's not a perfect player. But you know what? Perfect players are boring. I don't want a perfect player. Russ is flawed. And there are times when he gets me real mad, like that shot against the Mavericks that I referenced. But I think you take the good with the bad. And as cliche as that sounds, you take the bad, like we saw on Sunday, and you get the good, like we saw tonight. Now, in the grand scheme of things, this win doesn't mean a ton. It feels important right now because the Thunder are trying to jockey for playoff position. But in the grand scheme of the season and the wins that they've had, it's a fairly meaningless win. So I think the the thing to remember here is that it's a long season 
And what's unfortunate for the Thunder is there's been too many chances where they haven't capitalized on opportunities to get a win. I think we remember the ones down the stretch like we had on Sunday against the Mavericks or last Monday against Memphis. But think back earlier in the season, there's plenty of games where the Thunder didn't take care of business and they should have gotten a win. Those are equally as as important to playoff seeding and overall record for the Thunder as the ones that happen late in the year. It's just the ones late in the year feel more important because of the context of the season. I think something else I want to hit on before I kind of wrap this up is I've heard a lot of people bagging on this season, just talking about like, oh, the I can't believe the Thunder are going to get the eighth seed. Like the eighth seed, that's worse than last year. But the thing is, like the West is so much harder than last year. I'm not trying to make excuses. The Thunder have thoroughly underwhelmed as far as what our expectations were coming into the season, getting rid of Melo, adding Schroeder. The optimism was high. We had high expectations on how much they would improve. But I think what I realized looking back on the season a little bit is maybe those expectations were a little too high. The West is brutal. Teams that were at the bottom of the West uh, or, or, you know, lower in the playoff seating like Denver have shot up. And it's just become so crowded that you look at the Thunder like right now. I think at this point last season, they had the exact same record. The difference was they were fighting for a uh, four or five seed. Now they're in the, the seven, eight spot. The only difference, the only thing that's changed is the other teams in the West got harder. So I think it's, it's a little short-sighted just to look at playoff seeding when evaluating this Thunder team. I think overall the level of competition they faced has gotten higher. I think where it gets most frustrating with this team is their inability to beat teams they should beat. I saw a stat. I don't have the reference in front of me, but it was something like against West teams that will not make the playoffs with the exception of the Phoenix Suns, who they swept. The Thunder went 7-13 and against those teams. 7-13 and against non-playoff teams in the West. That's bad. It's a little more acceptable, like I said, because the West is so deep. It's so tough. But overall, you've got to take care of business against teams that you can beat. And the Thunder can't do that. Well, the good news is they don't have to play any of the teams that aren't going to make the playoffs when they get to the playoffs. So you can be a little more optimistic. I'm not saying you can throw those games out because the Thunder will still come out and, you know, look a little unengaged in the playoffs. Like that's going to happen and you should probably prepare yourself for it now. But I think what they've shown a lot this season is an ability to to lock in when it matters, an ability to play up to their level of competition. I don't want to say it's all effort. I hear the effort word or like, you know, they don't care. That gets thrown around a lot, and I think it's a little too simplistic. Um, I don't think it's just effort with this team. I think a lot of it's effort, but I think some of it's ability. And I think that's what we've realized as this season has gone on, is that this team might not, from top to bottom, be as talented as we thought they were or we hoped they were. And it's not so much effort or caring. It's just they might not be as good as we think they are or think they should be. I think that's most evident when we look at their shooting numbers. Like tonight, they were moving the ball well. They were getting good shots. They were creating good looks. They just can't hit them. And how many times have we said that this season? It's not that they're not trying on offense or that they don't care. They're doing everything they're supposed to be doing on offense. They just can't make the shot. I think sometimes, you know, they look disengaged on defense, but I don't think it's always an effort thing. I think it, it, it's most evident with Russ when it's an effort thing. When he's locked in, it's obvious. But I think that, 
you know, the defensive system that Billy Donovan has in place requires so much communication that if somebody miscommunicates or doesn't read something quick enough, the defense falls apart. And I think a lot of times it's less um, effort and more maybe focus, a little bit ability, like I talked about. I think it's just, it's a little complicated. And I think overall, as, as fans, we want to, to simplify the problems and rationalize them and kind of fit them into a box that we can understand it and categorize because that means we can solve it. And I don't think that this team's issues are that simple. It's not as simple as, well, they cared tonight and they didn't care on Sunday against the Mavericks. It, it's not that easy. Uh, it's a little more complex. And thankfully, I don't have to have the answer. I don't have the answers and I don't have to have them. That's for people who get paid much more than me to figure out. Uh, I, it's frustrating as fans because you want them to have a semblance of consistency. And I don't know what the answer is. Um, but I think as fans, you know, we're doing it a disservice maybe to oversimplify things a little bit and say, well, he just didn't care, and that's why he did X, Y, Z. I'm going to wrap this thing up. I have talked about all kinds of nonsense tonight. Uh, <laughs> thanks for bearing with me on that journey. Uh, the good news is the Thunder win. Russell goes historic with a 20-20-20 game. Up next, the Thunder on Friday play the Detroit Pistons before going on the road on Sunday, a nice afternoon matinee special on ABC at Minnesota. Then they return home for a game against Houston on Tuesday, and the next night head to Milwaukee to play the Bucks for the regular season finale. That's crazy. We're eight days from the regular season finale. Uh, we're getting down to it. Four games left. A lot's going to happen between now and then. Uh, we'll, we'll hopefully have some more clarity as for the playoff situation. Uh, who our opponent will be. We'll start scouting that stuff out. And, you know, we get to move to the second season a little bit. Now, hopefully hopefully our outlook's good. Hopefully we don't draw the Warriors. Uh, that would be a little sad because we may get swept. But hopefully that doesn't happen. Let's say we're not going to get swept. Uh, through it all, follow along with us here at The Uncontested. We're going to have post-game podcasts after every game as we have all season. We're going to do it. Uh, throughout the playoffs, we're going to have people covering every game. We've got a ton of Game of Thrones-themed graphics. Or we're going to talk about Game of Thrones when that comes back on. It's going to be a good time for us over here. Win or lose, uh, we're going to be here with you through it all, and we deeply appreciate you following along. If you haven't already, go on to Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button, and leave us a five-star review. We appreciate each and every review you guys give. It takes two seconds, but it means a lot to us. Um, and if you've already given us one, thanks. We really appreciate it. We read all the reviews. Uh, we see the five-star ratings come in. It makes us feel good about ourselves that we're not just shouting into the void that is the internet. If you haven't yet, go check out our Perry Jones pod. We sat down with PJ3 last weekend, and he was incredible. He was super candid, super open, talked a lot about what went on behind the scenes at the Thunder and after he left the Thunder, stories that I've never heard told anywhere else. So if you haven't listened to that yet, I highly recommend you go check that out. Anywhere you get your podcast, look for the Perry Jones 3 pod. That'll do it for tonight. Thanks for following along. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. You can follow me on Twitter at OKC Tracker. And other than that, let's uh, let's just try to to ride this wave of positivity until the Thunder beat the Pistons on Friday. Okay, uh, let's let's hope for that. <laughs> <laughs>
So uh, we'll see you back then on Friday after the game for another post-game pod. Thanks again. Thunder up. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.